0: Hello, this is David Brim, and I'm the founder of Orlando Entrepreneurs. We are the hub for Orlando entrepreneurship, and our mission is to connect, cultivate, and celebrate our local entrepreneurs. We bring together our local entrepreneurial ecosystem to help impact our entrepreneurs, their companies, and our local economy. Learn more at OrlandoEntrepreneurs.org. Now over to Josh Wilson to get forward with our show. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Orlando Entrepreneurs. My name is Josh and I'm an entrepreneur traveling around Orlando having conversations with some really incredible people. I came across two friends uh, and, and they're doing something really interesting. This is Joshua and Jeanette Johnson and they're, they have this unique concept that I want them to share, but it's called wall crawl in downtown Orlando. So uh, you're gonna hear a few different voices. You have Josh the host, you have Jeanette, and you have Joshua the guest. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Joshua and Jeanette to the show. Hey guys, welcome. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So uh, let's start with uh, Jeanette. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. So I'm best known as the blogger behind Jay's Everyday Fashion. I started it in 2010, nine and a half years ago. And I've been doing that full time pretty much ever since. And now I'm also the co-founder of Wallcrawl, which is super exciting.
0: Awesome. So Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what is Wallcrawl? sure
2: so um well i've been an entrepreneur most of my life i've had some successful ventures and some failures um i locally am, might best be known for my work with the rethink homelessness campaign uh and then also as lakeyola on instagram uh or and the orlando king cobra i guess for some
1: <laughs> and a professor at ucf
2: yes and a former <laughs> professor at ucf uh, and so uh we together uh came up with wall Crawl based on you know our experience in marketing her experience in blogging um, and kind of seeing a, a gap in the market, you know, knowing how much content we create, how many other people are now content creators, whether they do it professionally or they do it as a hobby, and so we uh, created Wall Crawl, which has uh, more than 20 different backdrops that are all pre-lit, uh, so anyone can come in here and they can get great photos uh, with anything from their iPhone to their, you know, fancy $6,000 camera. Um, and then they also have the help of an Instagram husband. So we have a photographer on staff uh, every time we're open to the, to the public, and, uh, and they're here to help ensure that everybody gets great photos. And, and most importantly, that everyone can be in a photo together. So if you come with your family, if you come with a group of friends, you know, there's always a situation where there's someone missing from every photo whenever you go out to do
0: something like that. And here, you always have the opportunity to be in them together. Got it. Now you mentioned Instagram husband, what do you guys mean by that? All right. So I need to take this to you now. What is an Instagram husband? So an
1: Instagram husband is a gender neutral term for someone who helps you take amazing photos. And this is an actual thing. It's, uh, we have women and men that are our Instagram husbands and essentially they will help you with your cell phone to take pictures. You know, the moment in public where you're on date night and you ask a stranger to snap a photo and it's terrible. Like your heads are cut off and it's completely awful. So they will take care of that for you. You'll get an amazing photo on your phone. And then they also take pictures with their professional camera if you want them to. And those professional photos are available to view and purchase on your way out. We print them out right here. So it's kind of a unique spin on a photo studio. I liken it to being in a giant photo booth, if you've ever been in one of those, like at a wedding. Um, But way more fun and way bigger and tons of props. Um, So it can be a fun experience. It can be a great place to get family photos. There's just a lot of different uses for it.
0: Nice. Now, you guys are a husband-wife team? Yes. Correct. Awesome. So, <laughs> I, I hear some laughs. Okay. So what is it like, you know, tell, tell us some of the, um, the, the things about being married and starting a business together. So people listening in, they're like, ah, eh, husband-wife doing something, or, or partners, and or we're building something together. Why don't you give, it, give us some behind-the-scenes, behind-wall crawl, what goes on in the marriage inside a business starting a startup?
2: Well, I, I think that one thing that um, works out really well for us is that it's important, you know, when you're working together and living together, that you still have some separate time, and that's and that's tough when you're, when you're what usually separates people, we do together. Um, but fortunately, she's a night owl, and I, for whatever reason, happen to be an early bird. And so um, one of the things that works out really well for us is that I get a couple hours in the morning to myself mm-hmm. to, to either get work done that, that I don't need her for, or just To decompress or to to do things for me Um, and then she gets a few hours at night without me to be able to do those things for herself Um, so I think for us that's one of the the important things that's really helpful in that in that situation
1: yeah and I think the other thing we kind of had a warm-up to wall crawl so when we got married in 2015 Joshua actually joined Jay's Everyday Fashion my blog full-time and so we've been working together for years now in a very different role because you know, blogging—you can do that anywhere. We were traveling; it was very, it was wonderful, and so very different than opening a brick and mortar that has just so many things to worry about. <laughs> so, I felt like we already had like a years of working together that we could kind of build upon. And from for whatever miraculous reason, I did not ever envision us starting a company together necessarily when we got married. But we are truly um, the rocket fuel partnership big time like I am 100% visionary I joke that Joshua is IT operations HR uh, CEO and I just have ideas and I make things pretty and that's pretty much it (laughs) so it really works well I don't think that's always the case with married couples but it just so happens that we you know we balance each other out we're very similar in some ways and then we're totally opposite in some ways and it really works well together
0: Sounds good. So, so Josh, take us back in time in your entrepreneurial journey. Let's hear some of your story, and um, you know, going up to the point of where you went, you know, full time into working with her, and then, you know, wall crawl. Sure. Well, uh, my
2: father and my grandfather were entrepreneurs. I had multiple entrepreneurs in my family, and so for me as a kid, um, entrepreneurship was just, uh, for, for me, it was just always what I assumed you did, you know, because the important people in my life, that's what they did. Uh, and so as a kid, when somebody would ask, you know, uh, a couple of, you know, me and some friends and say, well, what do you want to do? And someone would say, well, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. And my response was always, well, I want to own the law office or I want to own the medical practice. I don't want to be a lawyer or a doctor. I want to own what they do. And, uh, when I was 13, I went to work for my dad for a summer and, and after a very short period of time working for him, he, uh, explained to me that I was not a good employee. And, and I know he said it partly in jest, but it was basically like, you're not a good employee, so you better figure out how to work for yourself and make things happen for yourself. And you know, that kind of, you know, I, it was really a challenge from him, uh, for me, and he knew that I'm the kind of person that responds to a challenge. And so from there on out, it was always you know what can I do for myself and, and, um, and be the master of my own destiny? And so that's kind of the path I've always been on. Um, there have been some times where I've, I've had jobs working for other people, which were super beneficial. When I was in school at UCF, um, I actually worked at the National Entrepreneur Center. Uh, I couldn't have my own venture and be in school at the same time because I can't split my time like that. I don't do not have that ability. Uh, so it'd be either all school or, or all or all you know entrepreneurship. And so. Um, but I wanted to be active in doing something other than just being in school, and so I figured the best thing I could do would be work at the Entrepreneur Center. I could be around entrepreneurship and people who had that spirit and, and like had that, that zest for creating things, um, and I could be building my network out here in Orlando, um, and then preparing myself for my next venture after I graduated, which is what I ended up doing. Um, and So I got into some marketing consulting and, and worked on projects like SunRail. Um, I worked on the Rethink Homelessness campaign, I worked for some, you know, various campaigns um, around town, um, which eventually led to me going back to UCF and teaching um, uh, entrepreneurial marketing. Um, They actually contacted me and asked me if I'd come and create the course for it and and teach it. So I did that for about seven semesters. Um, And then eventually, uh, you know, we decided that it was time uh, for us to start working together and start traveling um, and creating content. Uh, And so we did that together full time for four and a half years. And then we decided it was time for the next phase. And you know, we wanted to, for, the, for that period of time, we, we did a lot of traveling, we lived locally, but you know, we could easily not leave our house for three or four days. You know, if it wasn't for the grocery store, we could have gone, for, you know, <laughs> and we, we don't like getting groceries delivered, so like, we'd have to leave the, you know, leave the house to go to the grocery store. But other than that, um, you know, we, we could just not be here. And so we really wanted to put down our roots, um, and that eventually kind of led to the idea of opening a photography studio. I wanted to open more of a commercial photography studio up in Seminole County. Um, I saw there's a little bit of a hole um, and an opportunity there, and then over countless hours of conversations between us and with friends, the idea kind of you know snowballed. And originally it was a photography studio uh, for commercial purposes, just giving her a little bit of space to do some colorful and creative backdrops, and then it was. You know, it'd be one or two of those, and then it was four or five of those. Oh well, now it's going to be a whole space full of those. Oh, we probably should be in Seminole County. We need to go downtown, and then here we are.
1: He just <laughs> condensed a year and a half into
0: five <laughs> seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Jeanette you know, let's hear some of your entrepreneurial journey. You had uh, a top 10 blog Mm -hmm. that had millions and I think 15 million or so views. That was
1: the 15 million page views in 2013 was at one point, it made a top 10 list by traffic in the United States, which is insane.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. So why don't you tell (laughs) us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey up to, you know, up to this, and then we'll, we'll dive in a little bit more here.
1: Yeah, this is one of the ways Joshua and I are really opposite because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I thought it was awful. I was just one to go to work get a paycheck and I started my blog um, just as a hobby never thought it would be anything but that but I saw a need um, for women's in women's fashion specifically at the time in 2010 this is years before Instagram and Pinterest and things you just couldn't find pictures of a normal everyday woman's outfits and when i heard of the idea of blogging i thought well this seems like a really great opportunity to talk about fashion from that perspective and so i just started a facebook page but it just completely blew up i um, the recession hit in 2011 and i lost my job and could not find another one and literally out of desperation i had a couple friends sit me down and say your blog is going so well you have to do this as a job and i thought they were crazy i was like this isn't even a thing how would you even make money from a website i don't know but i decided to give it a year i got a job with visit florida that was only 10 hours a week i was writing for them as their shopping insider and i was like i'm gonna sign this year-long contract i'm gonna give it A try, And if it, we'll see how it goes. And by the end of that year, after I started monetizing, I was making five times what I had been in marketing. So I said, well, I guess I'm doing this now. I mean, it was so funny. Just did not um, have any idea that that was going to happen. So truly just basically been doing it ever since. And now this has been a very exciting um, idea of having a brick and mortar. I mean, I feel like I'm getting my master's in, in entrepreneurship now. And also something I probably have said many times. I don't. I don't ever want a brick and mortar. And here we are, um, but I truly love it now, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm definitely an entrepreneur for life. i I've caught the bug.
0: You caught the bug. I caught the bug. Especially when you were traveling around mm-hmm. and you were making five times as much. <laughs> as, you know that that helps, right? Yes,
1: it does. It does. And just in general, um, I don't know. I started to feel like. With Jay's Already Fashion and and things like reading Rocket Fuel and realizing that, I definitely have some talent for seeing the future a little bit. And partly why Jay's Already Fashion did so well is just because it was so new and it was one of the very first budget fashion blogs in the country. And being first to market is so important. And so when this idea of wall crawl came up and I really started bugging Joshua, like, I really think this could be something. I have all these ideas for backdrops. What do you think? I felt brave enough to go for it because I was like, if I look back on my history, this was awesome, you know, nine years ago, with is already fashion. So who's to say this won't happen again and maybe we should try it. And he was, to my surprise, totally on board. I pitch a lot of ideas. I have a lot of business ideas and book ideas all the time, but this was one that he actually was like, this could be something. Let's talk about this. So.
0: Yeah. So, Joshua, out of the, <laughs> the thousand ideas that a visionary will, will launch a day,
1: per day, per
0: day, <laughs> why did this one stick in your brain? Um,
2: well, I think that it it combines our skill sets mm-hmm. for one. Um, so, you know, a lot of times ideas can be great, but it's not necessarily a great idea for you. And, you know, we can fall in the trap of having a great idea, but not having it be our great idea. Um, and that can be really, really challenging. Um, but it's a, a good mix of our skill sets. And I think that. Um, given our last several years of traveling over the place and creating content and seeing how does how many people now consider themselves to be content creators, you know when she first started blogging, um, it, it was about consumption you know it' was about creating you know you had a few creators creating all sorts of content, and most people were consuming and today more and more, if you ask people even if they have one hundred followers on Instagram, they consider themselves to be a creator mm-hmm. and the more people consider themselves to be a creator, the more you know, they, they go out and look for things interesting to create. And if it's photography-related, they're out looking for, for fun places to do photo shoot, out in public. We shoot around, you know, Orlando and Winter Park all the time. And we would constantly see more and more traffic in some fairly mundane, like, undescript, you know, corner in Winter Park where we would, we would be, you know, going to do a, a shoot. And literally a line would form of people wanting to do a photo shoot right there. I'm like, okay, so people are looking for places to do this. Um... Now, some of the challenges that we face when we're out doing that is, besides the the lines that we're starting to form in different places, is the the heat, the wind, the rain, just, you know, all of the elements in general. The lighting, Um, where the sun is. Yeah. So so many. Uh, And so, you know, we started realizing that a space like this would be beneficial for us. But in order for this space to make sense for us, we had to be able to open up to the public. And so then it became a matter of going out and... Uh, doing market research and serving you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people.
1: This is the nerdy part, so that's him.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so like, thank goodness I, for him. <laughs> I, I would go and talk to people that I knew had been to like Instagram pop-ups, and I would talk to photographers that have rented commercial photography, sp- you know, spaces and understood what they liked and did not like about those various experiences, and which aspects of those different kinds of business models we can incorporate here that would make sense for the public and also make sense for us, um, and then. You know, one thing leads to another and, and you talk to enough people and, um, you know, we, from the very beginning, we're not shy to talk to people about what we were doing. You know, so often people are so protective of their idea that they don't want to talk about it. And that really puts them in this, this lonely hole by themselves where they think they've got the greatest thing on earth. And if they had a conversation with one person, they'd find out that if they made one degree, you know, a five degree change over here, they would find dynamite. But instead, they're holding on to it and they're, they're with nothing.
0: So Absolutely. So you went out to the, to the marketplace because you both are content creators, mm-hmm. right? You guys have traveled, you've taken pictures, writing, writing articles and, and doing all these things. And, and you found that there were some challenges about being a content creator, whether it's a podcaster, you know, you have all this equipment or you're a photographer, you found challenges for the content creator. Mm-hmm. And then Joshua, what you did is you went out and you talked with hundreds of them, right? Yep. What questions were you asking them? So let, let's, you know, give me top three questions that you would ask doing marketing research for this project.
2: Uh, well, so one of the questions would be uh, what do you primarily uh, create your content with? Is it your phone? Do you have more expensive equipment? Um, and overwhelmingly people are shooting with their iPhones. So for us here, the lighting and everything has to work for you to be able to come in here with an iPhone and nothing else and get great photos. Mm-hmm. Um, Another challenge that, that people are facing if they would go to an Instagram pop-up is that they generally uh, move people together in groups, tight groups, and they give you a very short period of time in each set to take photographs, which means that there's people in your way and you don't have the time to really set up and get the shots that you want. So here we limit capacity to 20 people for the entire space uh, and it's self-guided. So if, you know, you want to take pictures in the living room set and it's, you know, you can do that right now, you could go do something else, and then that's free again. Oh, let's go back over there and do some more. You know, whereas the other ones, once you've passed it, you can't go back. Um and so And it's the, something
1: like thirty seconds at each stop, they have like a security guard and they time you. That's right. what we found out. So yeah. at that's other places? Intense, yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: At, at pop-ups, at pop-ups oh, okay. which is
1: kind of one half of the inspiration. The other half is more like a traditional photo studio, like a JC Penney photo right. studio. It kind of combines the best of both worlds.
2: And then the other thing I would ask about is what uh, what are you looking for in a place to create content? Um, like, what kind of backdrops do you want? Do you like murals and street art? Do you like light installations? Do you like you know um, interior design elements and all of those over the top fantasy sets? And as you can see, we have a blend of all of those things um, because we, we got a very blended mix of responses. And so at least when we first opened, we figured we'll, we'll try some of all of it. And then we honestly, with the, with the way this business works, people either they tell us or they show us what they like. Because the first thing most people do when they leave here and half the time before they leave here is they're posting pictures to Instagram. And they're tagging us. And they're using our hashtag. And so we can see, you know, we ask people what they say. And then we take note of that. And then we see what they actually post. And we take note of that.
0: Nice. So Jeanette, being a content creator, taking pictures and always trying to to find the perfect picture. To, to in your case was clothing, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, tell us a little bit about you know what what it was like before, like when you first started your blog. Of, I, I guess you you did fashion blogging, right? Mm-hmm. So you would have to pose in the outfits or something. Mm-hmm. Like all right, give us give us some pictures oh, of what happened. Oh boy, back I then. wish
1: you could see a picture from when I first started. I literally I got this idea for a blog. I think in the same afternoon I took pictures of 20 of my favorite work outfits and posted them on Facebook. Like I didn't give it any thought. I just did it. And I literally took like a point and shoot and leaned it up against a dresser drawer. And it's like the worst lighting Terribly, It's not even, like, straight. It's crooked. But it's a picture of the outfit. And that's all, you know, I was, like, that's all I was really trying to show. So I did my own photography like that on a tripod in a room, in my room, on a blank wall for years. I want to say up until 2013 or so. Then we were dating. And he started to take some of my pictures outside. But it was still very basic. It would be, like, in the same spot outside. And... We did that until we got married, I think. And then in 2015, the photos really shifted to now being more of what you think of with a a blog photo where it's a lot more lifestyle, you're outside, you know, on a location. I got really into matching my outfits with the backdrops because I had never experienced that kind of creativity before. So they I started to get really passionate about this whole idea of coordinating you know, the outfit with the backdrop. And I have this, this thing I love to do when we would travel is I would pack like themed suitcases of clothes. Like I had like, you know, Michigan Jeanette, and then I have like Cuba Jeanette and like they look very different and it would, but it was so much fun. And I got really into it and just started to realize it's just, it's a blast. It's just such a blast. And I had never done that because it was just, you know, on a white wall in my room for years. So, um, we are talking a lot about content creators, but I think, our clientele so far is very very diverse and I would say only a handful of them are content creators like as a job or even as a hobby a lot of people just want to take pictures for Instagram just for fun and they have a good time with it with the props that we have and they'll bring in different outfits and they're just doing it just for fun and I I just love that type of creativity it's really special to me so seeing people have a blast with it and have fun is, is really cool. They don't have to be, you know, super serious about it to come here. Although we have that too. So, yeah.
0: So Jeanette kind of the the people listening in, right. All they get to do is, is here right now, but paint a picture for (laughs) what we see. And I'm, I'm looking at some really cool backdrops, but paint, paint a picture for maybe a few of the sets, describe them for our audience.
1: Yeah. So one of the hardest things to envision when you look at our Instagram, for example, which you should do because then you can see what I'm talking about. Oh, at Wall crawl Orlando is that all of the backdrops are in two huge rooms with a ton of empty space in the middle which is great because we also use the space for events and things like that and it also doesn't get crowded in here like Joshua mentioned earlier which is really important to us but right now it's we still have our summer sets up we're about to start changing for the holidays so it is sort of a rainbow explosion in here I would say (laughs) we have um, lots of rainbows we have a a wall with like lawn flamingos we have a couple of Orlando murals which are really cool we have an interior design section that has a couple different living rooms and then an office setup and just there's more than 20 of them so that's just a um, snapshot but there's all kinds of props you can use and fun different ways to pose so there's really something for everybody it's a, it's a large variety so you'll have to just check it out on
0: our so instagram you, yeah so check out the instagram people listening and go to the instagram take a look at some of the backdrops so you come up with the ideas right who does the who who transforms the sets and builds the sets and and paints is that a joint effort do you have a special talent of i painting, mean joshua
1: joshua did a lot of like he just he figured out how to install a bunch of lawn flamingos on a wall for me which is really complicated and he's really handy but we had you know a carpenter that we hired to do some uh prop building and things like that and um we had a muralist do the orlando murals and the and the palm print but i actually completely had never painted a wall and i taught myself how to do murals and i did a good number of them which is not the plan going forward. i want to have more people involved but you know how it is when you're starting out You've, you've got a limited budget. you got limited time. And, you know, some of it was even, um, like, the really easy stripes and things. I had friends come and just volunteer and help me. But it was like painting boot camp. And I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos and learned how to paint. Stripes well, and,
2: and part of that was that we, we did reach out to some other artists, but the, there wasn't a lot of interest originally in working with us, which largely had to do with the fact that we didn't have a space to show them what we were doing. And we were still trying to figure out how to explain what we were doing to really be able to get their buy-in and get their interest in doing it. So fortunately now we've got a lot of artists that are reaching out yeah. to us and, and want to participate. But we tried to include more of them right off the bat, but the, the length of time it was taking to try to do that and, and to get them to buy into it, 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 it just became prohibitive you know it, get our doors open. i
1: don't even know it was interest i guess partly but it was also just trying to explain what we were trying to do because now i can explain to a muralist like i it, bring me your mural ideas but we have to figure out a way to make them 3d and have something in front of it so if a mural that has some kind of furniture in front of it or some kind of extension is really what we're trying to do because murals are fabulous, but they can be outside. We want to have things that you can't have outside that are way exclusive that you know, for example, we have wings here and wings are super popular like on the side of a building they're painted on but ours are actually 3D wings that look like feathers that are completely fabulous and so things like that taking that idea and making it into like more of a 3d project and some muralists are great at that they just don't usually have that opportunity it's just hard to explain to them what you're looking for i was like the vision was alive in my head and i was trying to explain it to people i had this like word document with all these pictures saved and i would show it to people and half the time i felt like their eyes would glaze over and they're like i don't really know what you're saying right now but it made sense in my head and now now i can just show it to people so it's easier
0: so you went from idea Mm mm-hmm Right, you guys did some market research, mm-hmm. you found a building, right? You found out where, what area of town you wanted to be in. And mm-hmm. what was, what was the first mural? What was the first step? Like what, what was the first stage in launching?
1: I don't know. I mean, what's funny is the flamingo wall that we have as one of our most popular And that is kind of the one that started it all because a year and a half ago when Joshua was going to open the studio in Seminole County, I asked for some space in the back to do backdrops just for my blog, just for fun, essentially thinking like we love Wynwood and Miami, and we love the murals on Mills, but it's so hot and it's so hard to get good lighting at those murals. You have to be right at the right time, right when the sun's going down or a storm is rolling in or otherwise it's totally blown out. And so we I had this idea that I wanted to do this lawn flamingo mural and pitched to him, giving me some room in the back so I could make it and over time we started to realize, well what if if you go to all that trouble, then I bet other people would like that too, so maybe we should have a time on weekends where it's like an open house and we should do several of them and it just was the original kind of idea that uh, started it off
0: yeah and let me let me describe this for everybody <laughs> so I'm looking at a wall and there's there's you know those flamingos that you put in the front lawn? There's, I think there's 20 or so, and then there's all these beach balls like blown up and they're attached to the wall. So it's a 3D scene and I'm, lo- I'm looking at it. It's pretty Yeah, cool. and it
1: has bl- bright blue and white stripes behind it.
0: Yeah, so it looks so like it's a like beach ball, right? Mixing.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yep. and then there's uh, beach chairs. So yep. it's like
1: pink beach chairs and pink and tons of pink beach balls on the ground so that you can play with them in your pictures and do like a boomerang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like very 3D.
2: And that's, and that's one of the ones that it took a while because I had to figure out how to make beach balls, which are obviously, you know, blown up and need to remain intact Onto and, the wall. and attach them <laughs> to a wall. Uh, and then also how to fix the flamingos to the wall in a way that they would be secure but not ugly, that they would stay in place and, and you know, would be able to stand up to a, a two-year-old grabbing a hold of them, and stuff like that. So I would literally walk around. Um, we, we ordered a bunch of them, I think we had like a box of 50 of them and I would take one, I still actually have one in the trunk of my car, it's been there since before we started, and I would take it to Home Depot and I'd literally walk up and down the aisles of Home Depot with a flamingo in my arms, <laughs> looking for like, you know, different ways that I could try to get this to stick to the wall in a way that I could make it attractive and, and it serve all those, those needs that we had.
1: It would make me happy, and And you wouldn't—you don't have to worry about me being like, "Oh, it doesn't look good." Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) So many things. And so I start off in one section, and then you know I'd be walking around aimlessly, looking around, and okay, I think I've got an idea of something in this section that I could use to do this. And then somebody would come along, and they'd ask me about the pink flamingo. Half the time, ask me where they could buy them. Which, by the way, (laughs) you can't buy them at Home Depot. So I'd explain to them, "Oh, you can't find them in aisle here. I brought this guy with me.
0: (laughs) Um, I brought my own flamingo. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, And by the way, I'm trying to fix like 25 of the things, of these things, to a wall." If you were to do that, how would you do that? You know, and, and it would either be a, you know, Home Depot employee or just some random person looking to do some yeah. other project. Crowdsourcing, and I would, there you go. Yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> that, and they'd say, well, you know, if I was gonna do that, I think I would go and use these materials and, you know, I would check on aisle 25 and see what's going on over there. Um, and then eventually, if, you know, came up with a system that I have.
0: So to, how, to do do, how do you attach a plastic flamingo to a wall? Or is that proprietary information? <laughs>
1: Anybody could really look at yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean. it's just,
2: it was a matter of, of uh, finding, uh, I used uh, one inch uh, by one inch uh, rods, cut them down. Uh, at a specific flat, they're, angle. They're flat on one side. I think they're five or ten degree on the other side because they, the flamingos need to be slightly angled down so the legs of the flamingos are against the wall and not sticking out which the legs also have to be uh, gorilla-glued to them because otherwise they fall out, you know, because they're meant to be stuck in the ground and not dangling from the flamingo itself. Um, and then the blocks are painted to match the color, whether it's white or blue, of where they're going to be attached. Uh, they are then attached uh, with a nail gun and then a, uh, uh, two screws are used to attach the flamingo to the piece of wood to ensure that the flamingos don't spin once they're attached. Nice. Has to be to a point. And
0: two we're going to have this uh, the blueprints for how to you know, yeah. right in the show <laughs> pretty <video>. much. <laughs> you can people, download the PDF because so
1: many people need to know how to do that. Um, but I'll can you? Someone reach out to me. How, how, how can, you share that can we do a YouTube video and, and tutorial? Um, yeah. Can you imagine this guy's honey to, honey do list? It was hilarious. Like in wonder list, the things that I was asking him to do were pretty funny. And and sometimes it was like all right, we got to find somebody to hire for these things. And like, it was really, um, it was really entertaining. Some of the things we were trying to figure out how to do. And I would often look around when I was painting and be like, what are we doing? This is such a (laughs) weird place. Like, it's cool. It's beautiful in here. But it's like, man, this is just such a, you know, like bright, colorful space. And the things we're doing are like, hanging up flamingos is just strange just strange
2: there there was a couple times when i, when I would be at at home depot or lowe's or wherever and, and somebody i'd hear somebody make a comment about i'm here because my wife has me doing this weird project and i'm like bro no let's, let's not have this conversation do you know why i'm here
1: and it's like I'm making 20 flamingos projects stick to a wall so let's it's 20 walls start. at once so yeah. i have yeah. to figure out how to hang up umbrellas and a hanging chair and all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff
0: so while as we're recording this we're nearing the end of you know summer and you know so there's a lot of summer themes and Mm -hmm. a lot of lemonades and you know bright colors what's the next kind of season is this going to be seasonal and changing backgrounds what's that going to look like
1: yes so next week already we'll be rolling out our halloween backdrops and then we have like a fall harvest of Christmas and New Year's coming because obviously people love holiday photos. So some of them will go completely away for a while. Some of them will get altered slightly, the backdrops we already have. For example, the flamingos, perfect example. It's so popular with people and we love it too. And we that, are in Florida. And we are so. in Florida. Where we've actually decided to keep it for Christmas and make and put pink Christmas trees there. Oh, awesome. So that it's like a fun, you know, Florida Christmas. So things like that. Some of them will be altered. Some of them will be completely different. And... Um, so we'll be yeah rolling out new ones and then we'll have some new stuff for spring that we're already working on with some local artists which I'm super excited about and we'll be having new stuff all the time which is where we really got the inspiration from the pop-ups because they're always changing and they're usually only in town for six weeks so we want to keep it interesting we want to you know keep people coming back and always have something new and exciting we have you know a dog night coming up we're gonna do a date night at some point um, lots of fun stuff to do like that so you you want to keep coming back but. We are permanent and we're here and we have awesome customer service. Cause we need you to keep coming back on like pop. <laughs> so we really, uh, spoil you when you come in and, and you're going to have an awesome time. So
0: yeah. now my wife's a photographer and we have two kids. So she's always going like kids, you know, get out of the sun or like, come on, you guys got to fix a light. And, mm-hmm. and you know, cause she posts stuff on Instagram. And, uh, so this, you know, I could see, you know, this being really good for, for families, especially like people mm-hmm. like my wife, who's like very peculiar about like she wants or specific or well, well I don't know. If she's going to, she's particular. Yeah, particular, right? <laughs> uh, but she, you know, she wants to capture these, the, the kids, so she could share with grandparents and so she could look back and scroll through. Mm-hmm. Um, what, because I see a lot of toys and, and fun blow yeah. things. Like, what are your thoughts there?
2: So, um... You know, we've, we've created a space that's great for photography, you know, the, the lighting is great, the backdrops are all great, but what we, I think, have learned since we opened the doors is that we've created a, a really fun environment which happens to make for great photos because families come in with their kids and, you know, if, if they go to like a photo studio in the mall, for example, right, it's, you know, okay, sit there, there's a gray backdrop behind them, smile. You know and and the kids are like not feeling it it's not a fun environment you know and, and so the parents are upset with them and the kids are upset and then you get the family picture where the kids are sitting there and they're frowning and pounding and all that kind of stuff and they come here and the, the pictures they leave with are just absolutely amazing because they are having the time of their life. It's like, mix, it's like, you know, taking a kid to Chuck E. Cheese that's meant for photography, kind of, you know what I mean? In that it's such a fun environment. They're having a great time, and it's set up so you can get great photos while you're there.
1: I would like to elevate the brand to more like Disney than Chuck E. Cheese. It's sure. cuter in here than that. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't you agree, Josh? Come oh, yeah. on. <laughs> I need another vote for that. <laughs> yeah, this looks like one. Disney Boardwalk behind us, actually,
2: a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, you know, it's a space that, that really allows the, the kids and the parents mm-hmm. to explore just having fun and being creative, um, and the byproduct of that is really great images, whether we're capturing them with through our Instagram husbands or your wife is taking them with her phone or her camera.
1: Or even if they bring their own family photographer. People That's are true. allowed to do that during general yep. admission. Yep. If you want to bring the family photographer that you're used to bringing, they can be the ones taking the photos. It's really however you want to do
0: it. Yeah. So yeah so you know compare comparison to like a, a pop-up where there's a security guard walking <laughs> around with you you got 30 seconds get there, smile kids know smile you know like very yep. regimented like right. this is uh, a fun environment yep. they only a certain amount of people are allowed in at a time so mm-hmm. there's kind of like exclusivity so you can have a little bit more privacy yep. and uh you know so it's, it's 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 fun yeah. so it's not forced smiles and yeah. i love like when you get a good picture of your family, and people are like naturally smiling because it's yes. yeah. yeah. Not because your grandma telling you, "You better smile <laughs> or I'm gonna smack yes. you." Right? Yeah.
2: Exactly, and and that is what we've. That is, I think, one of the biggest solutions that we've created is, is for that problem. And that wasn't the initial intent. Um, but I mean, we've had countless families when they've left here. That's what they've told us. Last year, we went to you know, XYZ Studio, and we got photos, and it was miserable. You know, at the, at the end of it, we got a couple photos that were decent, but no one was happy. And we look at those pictures, and yeah, even if the kid is smiling in that picture, we all know that that day was not a happy day for us. <laughs> and when they leave here, and they look at the pictures they caught here, they have the happy memories of that day and the happy photos that reflect that day which i think is incredible yeah
1: maybe we're more in the creation business of making smiles and laughs and it just happens to be good photos yeah
0: yeah see this i i I think that this is a lot of fun um as i'm looking around the different you know sets uh you know we have one that looks like a living room and one looks like a beach we have some you know murals of orlando and and you know beach stuff but what is the most bizarre... I'm asking the, the visionary. What's the most bizarre thoughts that you have in terms of uh, future backdrops? Are you allowed to even share them yet? Oh, my
1: gosh. I Well, it's funny because I need to... I think the next iterations of our walls are definitely going to be more over the top and a little more imaginative because I was mostly trying to use things that already exist, so like lawn flamingos, for example, that have good design, but you can buy them already made, for the most part. We made... Uh, birthday cake that's huge that you can like pretend to jump out of basically out of wood a prop builder made for us but i think going forward just being able to expand into some more custom things is going to be amazing um it's hard to explain any of them but i can't think of one that
2: would be really easy to explain well you know for uh, neither of us have a background in creating these kinds of things i mean she always has a creative background and so there's And there isn't really many people that are in the profession of creating these kinds of things. Uh, But now we're finding more people that are at least adjacent to that in some way and finding ways to bring together somebody who maybe does murals and somebody who does interior design and like saying, like, hey, can you guys work together and create something that is a mural, but also Mm -hmm. incorporates additional design and brings it off the wall uh, to create something that's a little more interactive. Um, you know, we're, and we're finding more people that are in that space. And, and of course, you know, with Disney, I mean, we have incredible talent between Disney and Universal, um, people who build uh, sets and props and, and things like that. And so you know, we're, we're connecting with more people like that that can help us to see how much more is possible um, you know, beyond what we are capable of doing. Because everything in here is based on pretty much what we were capable of doing. You know, which in the grand scheme of things is is quite limited, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But it's
1: still, I'm happy with it. I mean, I'm happy with it being the first, you know, the first time out of the gate. But I think it has to get bigger and better as it goes. But, like, you know,
2: I look at that, the black and white wall, which is super popular, and I'm sure there's 20 different ways that that could be, you know, 3D and interactive or or holographic in some way or, you know, just, there's so much more that we can be doing and we're going to be doing.
0: Yeah, this is good. So... Why don't you, you know, we'll go back and forth a little bit. But what questions should I be asking that I just totally missed the mark and I haven't asked you guys?
1: Do you want to talk about community engagement and things like that?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that for us, you know, we we chose our location. We're we're located in Paramore on Church Street, um, and that was very intentional for us. Um, You know, this is an, an incredible neighborhood that for a long time has had. Uh, has not received the credit that it deserves uh, for being a great community. And uh, and so for us, it's very intentional to, to be here. Um, it's very important that color and joy and creativity and fun exists in places outside of your core downtown corridor and your you know, your um, other neighborhoods that are that are already known for that, like Mills 50 is known for, for all the, the creativity that happens over there with all the murals in the streets, all that kind of stuff. And that stuff exists here too, but it just, it needs some help. And so for us, it's really important to be here, to be a part of that, um, you know, the arts and education is really important for us. So being located here, um, our neighbor is Teach for America. So we're already partnering with them to help them raise funds to help with their teachers in the schools, which are in the Title I schools, which are the, the schools that are within a mile or two of where we're located. Um, we have a, a, um, the ACE Academy, which is just north of us, that actually has a photography program. That um, you know, it's K through eight and has a photography program for kids in this neighborhood, and so we're going to be able to connect with them, and you know, they're learning in school about photography, and we can, and we'll be able to get them in here and, and let them loose in a gigantic studio and, and put to, to practice some of the things they've learned. Um, we've got a number of projects that we're, we're not talking about publicly yet that we'll be doing here locally that involve the community. So it's not us coming in and, and doing them; it's more empowering, you know, people that live here and organizations that are already operating here um, to deploy more creative. Uh, ventures and and activities uh, to really, you know, lift, lift everything up, you
0: know? Yeah. What about you, Jeanette? Is there any question that I should have asked you that I totally missed Mark on?
1: Well, we haven't talked about parties yet, which is a really fun way to use wall crawl. So Monday through Thursday, we are, uh, For private rentals only so you can rent it for a photo shoot for example but you could also have a fundraiser here or an event a smallish event we're only about uh 50 people capacity for events and then friday saturday and sunday is when we're open for general admission those are the days that we sell tickets and you have to buy those in advance. You pick a time slot so that it's, you know, nice and organized. There's only a few people in here at a time. And you can also rent out those time slots for birthday parties on weekends. So you could buy out your time slot. We actually have a little party room where people can have food and drink. And there's um, like a full-size kitchen, which is amazing, and plenty of room, even if you wanted to have a caterer or just have your food in there. So we have so many different fun ways of enjoying Wall Crawl beyond just coming in on weekends and buying a ticket.
0: Got it. So there's like general admission. And then there's like special events and special yeah. times that you could book just with your friends and the, or exactly you know.
2: right. So during general admission, because uh, like you know we encourage even photographers to come in with clients, for example, uh, but they cannot bring in things like tripods, uh, you know, extra, like additional lighting and things like that. Uh, and it's expected that when you come in during general admission, that you're here to do a wall crawl, which means you know it's self-guided, but the the idea is that you're going to move from set to set, and you can revisit a set. Um, but you're going to be moving from space to space. You you can't come in and just dominate one of those sets the entire time you're here. So if you want to do that, or if you want to bring in additional lighting gear, or if you want to film a music video, which we just got a request for, then you know that has to be um, a private rental or after hours where you know you have the whole space, you can play your music, you can bring in all your props, you can bring in your additional lighting and set everything up and have it just the way you want it to be
0: without anyone interrupting you. Got it, so if I want to record a music video, like if this I This is I start, the spot. This is the yes. place to do it. Yes, we got three <laughs> requests this week. No kidding. For music yes. videos? Yes, that's crazy. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so Jeanette, where can people go to learn more about you guys and, and connect with you and to, to come visit?
1: Yeah, we're at uh, wallcrawl.com and on Instagram we're wallcrawl Orlando,
0: and the same on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. So ladies and gentlemen listening in, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Joshua and Jeanette. My you is that you reach out to them, connect with them, and come check out this awesome place. Come create some content in a very fun, exciting, controlled environment that you don't have to worry about the hot Florida sun or the rain or anything like that. But just come create some content and enjoy the space. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening into an Orlando Entrepreneurs Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Talk to you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. If you would like to be a guest on the show or start up a conversation with me, Josh, your host, send me an email to josh at org. You can also find out more information on Orlando's entrepreneurial ecosystem, discover resources to help you start and grow your business, and subscribe to future shows by visiting www.OrlandoEntrepreneurs.org